dance friends and welcome to my channel today i get to visit with z helene what will you stop kitty today i get to visit with helene christopher aka z helene z helene has been a prominent belly dancer performer instructor event organizer connector of the community since the 1980s and today I get to chat with her about how she got into belly dance, some of her stories and travels, what some of her biggest dance inspirations have been, what she's most passionate about in dance, and if you stay till the very end we even get to chat about how she met her hubby Rick Fink. Rick is a prominent drummer and he usually leads other musicians for many of Z Helene's shows and for Z Helene herself. From creating showcases to teaching and performing all over Austin and throughout the states, Z Helene has made a huge impact on our local community and beyond. She is a force to be reckoned with, she is a joy to watch perform, and she will make you want to get up on that stage with her. So without further ado, here's Z Helene. Hello, 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 hello. I'm so excited to finally get to visit with you. Thanks for uh, joining me today to chat about your dance everything. Well, thank you so much for asking me because you know what? I'm getting on in my career and I'd like to have a little summary of it. That would be fantastic. Well, you're a huge part of the Austin community and, and far beyond that as well. And I honestly just personally wanted to chat with you because I wanted to learn a little bit more about how you got into belly dance and hear some of your stories. And I guess my first question is, what led you to the path of belly dance in the first place? I grew up Greek American. My uh, All my grandparents were from Greece and my parents were the first generation to be born here in America. So I, I, there was always Greek being spoken in our house and with the christenings and the weddings, there would sometimes be belly dancers. And it was always the highlight of the night. It was like, oh, the belly dancer is coming, the belly dancer. And the old ladies would get all snickery about it, like, oh, the belly dancer. And I remember one time my mom said, I would love it if my daughter would be a belly dancer. I was about eight or nine. So I, I already had my mom's permission. That was great. And so the belly dancer was the most highlighted thing. We'd, kids would sit around and it was the most exciting thing of the whole dance was when the belly dancer, she was bejeweled and gorgeous and, and she was sexy. And the only other uh, female icon we had was the Virgin Mary who was like the opposite. So it was really like, it was like this pious, female archetype that I grew up with in the Greek Orthodox Church. And then there was this, the, the, real, the belly dancer. <laughs> and of course I like the belly dancer better. Um, I mean, I love the Virgin Mary. I didn't want to become a nun. I'd rather be a belly dancer. <laughs> so that happened. And then when I was um, in a play one time, I was in North Wales, University of North Wales, doing one of those junior years abroad. And there was a, a show by uh, Henrik Ibsen called Peer Gint. And I, of course, as the boisterous American who looked ethnic was cast as Anitra, a Bedouin princess, and I had to do a little belly dance in it. And I remember they made these really cheesy costumes for me, and I remember one time my top, my top did break in the show. Oh, no. I had to do a verbal scene, and in the front row was a whole line, not to belabor the image, a whole line of nuns watching me from the local convent. <laughs> I know. But it was so thrilling. I have to say, it was just like, and the, you know, stage managers were all like, I hear she's from America, and she's blah, 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 and she, you know, they were like, it was just the most exciting thing. And in my dance, the top broke. So when I got off, I had to go out and do a scene, so they quickly t 
tied my hips, uh, hip scarf to my chest and <laughs> went out to do the, the other scene. But I remember I had to finish one scene out and he kept trying to hide my breasts with his hands and oh, God. attention to it. So that was my introduction to performing belly dancing. I didn't know what I was doing except for my memories of what I saw when I was a child. And um, they brought a modern dance teacher in to help me with it. No one knew about belly dancing. I'm like, I remember this as a kid, you know. And then they, we got rock and roll music and we sped it up. So that was technically my first belly dance performance. Not knowing what I was doing in a play in North Wales. So when I came back to America my senior year, a friend and I had been talking about it and we heard that there was a local belly dancer teacher in town. Her name was Nabila and she was Lebanese and she taught out of a studio in her basement. And this is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I went to Franklin and Marshall College. My friend and I would trek through the snow. We didn't have cars and we would go and take our class with Nabila once a week. I did take to it pretty well, but I thought really it's got to be more than just these couple steps. So when college was over, I did what everyone with a theater degree, go to LA. I studied comedy, improv, and, and belly dancing. And I studied uh, with Marie Silva, which is one of the, my big influences in my life. I got my chops from her. She had a, a, a studio called um, Habu on Hollywood Boulevard. I went there for about eight, nine months and I, I signed up for their monthly plan. And I was very lonely in Los Angeles because it's just, it's just a weird town that way. You just come in, people don't really want to be friends with you until you've been there for years. And I, as it was, I didn't stay more than a year. I did find some camaraderie with the dancers at the studio. It was nice. So I went like to four or five classes a week. And then I did comedy improv three nights a week too. And I waitressed. So there was that. So I kind of learned the style, and I guess you could say it was a California style, California terms. A lot of my initial chops that I teach people really date right back to that year. I mean, I took detailed notes. I was really into it. And then um, I left and I went back to Pennsylvania because I was in love with a farm boy there. <laughs> oh, shocking off. And I practiced really everything I knew and then we broke up, all right, after a year. And then I went to New York City to study. So it was a whole different thing. This is like, this is all the time of what we would say American cabaret stuff because both Marie Silva and Bobby Farrar, who I studied with a lot in like 1979, in 80 and then all through the 80s I would go back to New York and study with him as well as a dancer named Elena Lentini very influential dancer she was like the artiste of belly dancing there's like only one of her she was pretty amazing because she had a mystical she has she's still alive but I don't think she performs that much but she has a mystical quality to her when she danced which was really brought such depth to it with all the best musicians in New York City dancing at a club called Faisal's. There was a third dancer, Nakla, Carla Lopez, who made these beautiful beaded costumes and she had her own style of the new Moorish woman. And so those were three big influences. After that, I moved to Austin. Yay! I was on a trek with a friend. We were breaking up with our boyfriends and we decided to travel around, maybe go to Seattle. We, we didn't really know. We were just traveling around. We ended up in Austin visiting a friend, old friend of hers, and we loved it here. I went swimming at Barton Springs in February of 1980, and I thought, what a city, man. 
You could swim outside in the winter. I was used to you know, northeast winters. There was this troupe of belly dancers, Khadijah and her troupe. Ten drummers, all women. I think they had one guy. And everyone learned how to drum and everyone would dance to, to the drumming. And I thought, wow, this is so cool because the dancers in LA warmed up to me. The dancers in New York City were always kind of snotty, except for one, one of my classmates I did make friends with, but they were like, they come to class with nails and full makeup and full costumes on and everyone had to get close to Bobby Farrar. If you weren't qualified enough, they would literally shun you to get to the back of the line. So here I was in Austin and there's these drummer ladies and it was just like, oh my God, I loved it. So I, anyway, didn't expect to stay, but here we are 40 years later and I'm still here. <laughs> I know that's so funny because I feel like so many people have had that experience at some of your events where they're like, oh my God, they're drumming and dancing and everyone's doing their own thing and there's so many weird noises coming from the audience. Mm -hmm. Just a total immersion into the culture. So true. And then I got into a lot of other dance forms. I started studying modern dance with Dee McCandless and I studied that with Kate Warren and her and then I met another mentor of mine one of my top three mentors, Gina Lolly. Gina Lolly passed away last year and Ibrahim Farrar has already passed away too. Gina was an East Indian dancer and I started studying Katak and Bharatanatyam with her. And I did that on and off for about 15 years. And then I studied some flamenco. I had a phase of two years of doing a lot of flamenco. And I studied Chuck Davis, was it? African dance. He came to town and was doing these like month-long sabbaticals at UT. I, I was a fusion dancer from the start. So Austin blossomed. And, and in 1985, I produced my first big show here with my friend. And it was called Blue Waves. And uh, we got funding for it and because our dance style we decided to name blue wave dance that was how i promoted myself for a good eight ten years is i do blue wave dance I, and sometimes i'd say blue wave belly dance and sometimes i'd say blue wave performance art and it was because we were belly dancing with a band called la Fauves, and they did blue wave rock and roll and we were dancing out on sixth street we would go out and get a drum and dance for each other out on sixth street under the balboa cafe which had a big blue wave on it my biggest thrill is to be able to fuse them in its own unique thing and by doing that i needed my own music so in 1986 i produced this little cassette called ode to the elements and I did a big dance show, we got city funding for that. The music, uh, some of it was recorded, but most of it, I had a live band of about 15 people. We created new music, a whole other suite of music. Side A of Ode to the Elements is based on a bit, uh, basic AMKM American Cabaret five-part routine. Only it's Austin style. Created another CD later on called uh, Red Roses with some really great songs on it. And nowadays I use that music a lot for copyright reasons. I don't have to mess with the copyright. It's my music. I own it with my husband and a third musician. That's been really nice and I still like my music. In fact, I'm, I'm resurrecting it. So I did a show in 1988 called Ode to the Elements. I got city funding for it. 89, excuse me. And then 25 years later, I did another show and I feel like I'm tooting my horn here, but I'm just telling you what I did, called Ode to the Elements Forever, where I resurrected the show, changed some things, but did some of the same dances. So that was fun. I did that in 2014 at the Vortex Theater here in Austin. And I did get city funding for that as well. I did Blue Waves, Ode to the Elements, and then we did uh, From East to West, 
which was a show where we highlighted like an African dance, an Indian dance, a modern dance, a belly dance. And then we did our fusion in the second half. And then um, in 1993, I did uh, a show called Rhythms from the Great Heart which was more original music in that show. Then I didn't do one till 2014. I had children, you know, my whole life went in between. But in 1999, I put out Zilds from Intermediate to Advanced. There wasn't anything out, anything like this at the time. It's still really good, although the videography looks a little dated. 2008, I decided I really needed a general instructional video called Belly Dance with Zeline and it was a four disc thing. It has slow moves, fast moves, intro, and then a choreography, drums, and finger cymbals. I just looked at the first one, I hadn't looked at it in a long time, and I'm like, oh my God, that's still good. It looks a little, it's a tad dated, but less dated than the other one, because it's 2008. So those are, these are my two big things that I do still sell. God, I didn't even realize that you had those out. I'm so grateful that you're showing that on here. Now, with with this virus thing and you know I'm, I'm you go through waves in life you know you go up and down you go through putting a lot of energy in and then backing off and you know so i'm kind of coming around to coming back in but one of the main through lines of belly dance for me was that in 1988 i was hired as a health and kinesiology adjunct professor at austin community college <laughs> which basically means i taught course by course never got benefits but it paid fairly well. It was always part-time. I started teaching aerobics, and then 1990, it was either 89 or 90, they actually allowed me to teach Middle Eastern dance for credit. At that time, it was one of the only colleges that had accredited Middle Eastern dance course. So that, I was real proud of that. 30 years I've been teaching at Austin Community College. Middle Eastern dance. And I just started another semester and we had some tech problems with my Zoom. <laughs> you know, it's always touch and go with the Zoom thing. Even though I've taught around the country and I've, ta I've taught different places, having that job is such a steady job and I never really uh, pushed a big international career or anything. I just didn't because I was already, and I had two children and one with special needs. So I just like, it's easier if I stay home and don't have to travel as much. Although I did travel many states and I did teach workshops. I'm really grateful that, I mean, I, this has been obviously a rough year for everybody, but I am grateful that at least it's launched even more of an opportunity for other people to get to learn from you because we're very lucky to have you here in Austin. People who get to see you perform with the finger symbols, I just, I, I can hardly take my eyes off of you, but if I can bear to do that, then I can watch people just with their jaws drop. Just just watching the joy and intensity and passion that you're you're playing with and what you're giving to the audience is, is really powerful. Thank you, I appreciate that. If I'm gonna make a mark in the belly dance history books, I think it'll be for my finger symbol solos and some of my bigger group choreography. But my finger symbol playing is different than other people approach it. I'm not saying one way is better than another. So the finger symbol technique came from basic belly dance stuff, and then I started adding some concepts from flamenco, concepts from East Indian dance, rhythmic concepts. And my friend, Kathy, who I came here with, was really into tap dancing. I wasn't, but she was. She would teach me some of these tap dancing drills that they did that I adapted with the finger symbols. 
The whole idea of using different kinds of riffs instead of just the standard stuff that you learn, actually creating them and training your rhythmic sensibility so that you could go off on these rhythmic journeys and then come back on the beat where everyone could, they could just clap and clap. Now in a solo, you could do whatever you want because you're not following the song. You could just go here and there. And that's where the comedy improvisation from my all that training I had in that because I came here in Austin I also started a comedy improv group here in Austin in fact I started the first comedy improv group in Austin the Hilarions a couple of us started that one but I started the first one we didn't even have a name I just started teaching improv classes so I'm not afraid of being theatrical and letting the finger cells express these different emotions and, and scenarios and characters so I've always been like had a performance art aspect sometimes people ask me they're like you play like a rock and roll person and I'm like I remember seeing Stevie Ray Vaughan on TV doing his riffs and I'm like I can do that I, why don't I do that on figure symbols so I, to a certain extent he inspired me to just kind of go with them here's the big caveat the only way to do that is you gotta drill 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 and be good 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 and I would practice 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 and I love just putting a metronome on and just doing my like they're almost mindless, but what they do is they put me in a meditative state. I don't think about politics. I don't think about my relationships. I don't think about my health. I like performing, but I, I, I think I like the meditative drilling, uh, if not more. I like the way it makes me feel afterwards. I feel real centered. And I also feel like I've used my brain because I always cross my hands to cross my brain to make sure I'm using my left and right side brain. Can you tell us about some of the projects that you have going on right now so that we can uh, learn from you? Now I'm focusing on my Austin Community College classes and I'm going to be doing some uh, Zoom zilds. And that's going to be the first three weeks in November and the first three weeks in December. A lot of drilling and I usually kind of have a combination with movement like we we do a bunch of drilling and then we learn the zills for the combination and then we put them together can you tell us a little bit about how you met your hubby about a month after I moved to Austin in 1980 I was looking for a waitress job because that's what you do when you have a theater arts degree and I, I was rejected from everywhere it was weird there were no jobs and I, went, I walked into the tavern on 12th and Lamar and I was gonna walk out because the manager was having a fight with one of the cooks and I'm like ridiculous but I didn't because she told me just wait here I'll give you an application I'm like this is a crazy place I don't know in the corner I saw there's a really cute guy who was watching them fight and he was laughing he was just laughing and I'm like man I think I do I know him like I, it was like a past life recognition or something. I'm like, I really like his spirit. He was just laughing at there. And then I filled out the application and that was the only place that hired me. So it was just, and I was there for like two months, just enough to meet Rick Fink, my husband. He was a short order cook. But on our pastimes, what we became known as, and we started going out, I was the belly dancer and he was a master roller skater. This is when they had a lot of roller skating in town. And him and another guy, Clay, they were the best two in all of Austin. They would do these fancy twirly turns. And I mean, it was just like, oh my God, he was gorgeous. He looked like a Greek god. He had thighs like a gladiator, you know. We started going out and this and that. And then I started dancing out on 6th Street and with my friend would drum and then I would dance. And then she went out of town, so I went out by myself and I would tape record my drumming and then dance to it. Rick, at the time, just going out with him was my bodyguard because people would try and steal my change. <laughs> I'd make like 50 bucks in two hours though, in change. 
Long story short, one day my tape recorder broke and I said, Rick, you have to drum for me. I got on the drum and he started drumming and people asked to take lessons from him afterwards. And all he knew were some basic things I had shown them at another time. One night I remember showing him some rhythms and he goes, oh yeah. And he started drumming and that's how he started drumming for me. He learned the videography for me. He would do percussion in my video and my, all my photography and it was, it was beautiful. A, a great romance with lots of ups and downs. Sometimes people ask how I got my name. It was yeah. belly dancing out on Six Feet at six and Sabine, is it 81 or 82? And two of them I knew, who, who, who I kind of knew from the theater, came by and one of them started barking for him and he goes, See, Helene, a sight never to be seen on sixth and Sabine, see Helene. And I went, oh my God, that's my name. Because I had been looking for something besides just Helene to make my belly dancing. It's interesting because it took me a couple years to actually own up to that name. Because at first it was just, you know, I felt like a phony with it. But then I finally lived up to it. Austin's your place. Everything culminated and magically happened here. All, all of your hard work, obviously, as well. But it happened here. Austin, I don't think I could have done it in New York City or Los Angeles or maybe in Seattle, but it would have been too cold there for me. I wouldn't be able to handle it there. I just loved it here. Austin, I was meant to be here and uh, it's been good to me that way. Really, it's such a creative town and I want to encourage people to be as creative as possible. And there's a lot of young dancers like yourself and other dancers who are doing very creative things. Like we never had podcasts. Some of the photo shoots I see that people do are just extraordinary. I think that creative spirit of Austin really flourishes belly dance based art. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories today, Z Helene. I've been wanting to ask you these questions for so long and I'm so grateful we got to chat. Thank you. And I so appreciate you doing these podcasts and, and getting information out about the extraordinary uh, qualities of different dancers. Because we're all different and we all are bringing something to the table. And we just want art to just keep going up and up and up. That's, That's it guys. You can check the description for all of the information on Z Helene's upcoming classes and projects. If you like this video, please go ahead and give it a thumbs up. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my channel so that I can continue to make more videos like this for you. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Kathleen Robertson from Colorado. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Okay, I think that's good. Right?